We're up. Hi, everybody. Welcome. You are listening to Movie Cinema Film. And today, Jordan and I are going to talk about the movies First Man and Creed 2. But first, we're going to get into some of the other movies we saw this week since it's like movie season. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is. And we're just sitting over here at Maria's. Uh, I had some potato leek soup with bacon, so I'm good. I did not have the potato leek soup, unfortunately. You'll have some tomorrow. I'm going to reference the Princess Cecilia podcast that's <laughs> on the Rhino Podcast Network. But I, Amazing I really podcast. Can't, I really can't eat soup anymore after the conversations that have been had on that podcast. <laughs> you guys got to... and Princess Cecilia. You got to listen to it if you haven't yet. It's totally different from this. It's, it's uh, some of our most talented members of rhino oh, in yeah. character yeah by far like two of the most talented women i've ever met so and just so funny yes two of the most talented people I've ever met. <clears throat> totally yeah like <laughs> as a whole just yeah. amazingly talented people in fact one of them is now making food for our hardware bar at rhino so now we have sandwiches and mac and cheese the billy tarantino yes. is our flagship sandwich right now it has pesto, mozzarella, Ooh. provolone, <laughs> and boy, is it delicious. It's so exciting. And Heather, she is the one that's doing the food. She's our executive chef. Executive she- chef, Heather, to you all. Exactly, yeah. It, don't disrespect her because we will come after you. You it- guys could disrespect, but once you try the food, you'll shut the hell be up. Sorry, fast. You did. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's get into it. So you saw something else this week. I did. Guess what, guys? I went and saw uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Cool. And I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. That's what I keep hearing. Um, I guess we won't do spoiler reviews for this at all. Um, yeah, just because Leah hasn't full. seen it. And I don't want to ruin it for Leah just for the sake of... Friendship. My <laughs> <laughs> spouting of my opinions on the film. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you guys listen to this podcast a lot, uh, you would know going into it that I didn't really know a lot about it. Leah informed me that... It was something that I did not know that it was. <laughs> That's my job in this world. <laughs> it's the Mile, Miles Morales uh, Spider-Man, uh, which I don't really read comics, so I don't know much of the storyline going into it. And it was just really awesome. It was super funny. Uh, the action sequences were good. I saw it in 3D Ooh. because... I got the A-list. You Hell might yeah. as well splurge every time you go to the movies. Go mm-hmm. to IMAX and some of that 3D. I saw real 3D. Have you seen anything on that? I think I have, but I can't remember. I'm not the biggest 3D fan, but I feel like now that I have the A-list, I'll do it more often. I feel like that's one of the benefits of going to the theater because you can't really get the 3D experience at home unless you're living in the future already <laughs> at your house. Right. Well, some people have they have like a 3D setup, but I, you know, I'm I'm too tired for that. <laughs> <laughs> like I can't set that up. I do like the idea of being able to watch 3D like in my bed. Right, and sleeping on the glasses <laughs> yeah. underneath the covers, yeah. Just go on a little adventure. <laughs> totally. Um, there were a lot of great voices in the film. Um, Nicolas Cage had an amazing part in the film. He was noir Spider-Man. <laughs> um, yeah, I enjoyed the film a lot. Um, I'm not a huge superhero person. Although, I think Spider-Man could be my superhero okay. that I kind of am down with. He's and cool. have gone to a lot of things over the year. Mm-hmm. It's like Spider-Man and Batman are the two. Yeah. Done. Batman is my favorite. Tim Burton Batman is my favorite. I've not seen Tim Burton. <gasps> Jordan. 
Who was Tim Burton's Batman? Was that George Clooney? No. no. Which <laughs> one was George Clooney? George Clooney was the was the one that's considered the worst one, the Batman and Robin. <laughs> that's why I was curious, yeah. That one, actually, I, I admit I really enjoy because it came out when I was a little kid, so I didn't know that it was a bad movie. I was just a little kid, so I, I loved it. And I still, like, now I, that I'm older, I realize why it's bad. It's, like, terrible, but it's also really, like, cartoony and silly and stupid, and it's just fun to watch. But the Tim Burton batman movies uh that's michael keaton oh cool and jack nicholson as the joker uh danny devito as the penguin i don't think i've watched any of them michelle pfeiffer as catwoman i think i need to dig deep these i mean this was my introduction to batman this is what i knew batman as so and i love tim burton's style especially back then i think back then he was just unbelievable like i, I love tim burton yeah i loved edward scissorhands nightmare before christmas ed wood beetlejuice that era of his work is just stunning to me and the fact they picked this offbeat weird guy uh to make the batman movies is so yeah. cool to me i mean i love that i mean really someone with a distinct original style so to me nolan's batman is not anything compared to tim burton's like i'm like i don't care whoa yeah like i i just i love the tim burton one so batman and batman returns they're called so you should really watch them i will yeah uh what can you find them on are they on streaming or should I go down to my local library? <laughs> you know, I don't know if they're, I mean, I'm sure they're available. You might have to pay. I don't know if they're on like Netflix or anything, but you <sighs> got to really, see them really. Like you really, you'll like them. I don't really pay for movies because I'm in the industry. Right, right, right. It's just part of my job to watch <laughs> movies. So I don't pay because it's part of my job. Right. We're so escorted. We deducted anyway in the future. Yeah. We, we have people, uh, you know, bringing us into screenings constantly you know, moving the velvet rope, unclipping it, and moving it to the side for us. So we don't really pay for that. We're taking pitches. We're we're watching films that are already yeah. created. People are like, "Can you read my screenplay?" And I'm like, "Uh, no. I'm here to watch Batman Returns." <laughs> Hello. We gave somebody a distribution deal the other day. Man, they're doing well on YouTube. Yeah, they're huge. Check them out. Anyway, <laughs> what do you watch this week? Oh God. Oh wait, wait, wait. I have to say my other thing. I watched. Okay. I watched Ten Minutes of Roma, <gasps> and it was awesome. I'm bracing myself to watch it. Like, I keep feeling like I need to get ready to watch it because it's so, people are talking about it so, uh, like, th that it's so brilliant and I'm not ready, you know? I, I almost wish, I love that it's accessible on on Netflix, but I, I almost wish it was in more theaters. I know it's playing in a few, but I, it, it feels like an event thing that you should go out to see rather yeah. than just turning it on. But I also love how accessible it is. So, I don't know. Sean Baker was tweeting about this. Uh, the, here's the movie cinema film drinking game. I just mentioned Sean Baker, so <laughs> <laughs> take a shot. But he uh, he said, like, he tweeted, like, please don't watch this on Netflix. Go see it in a theater. Support this kind of film so that we can have more films like this with, with wide releases. And I agree with that. But, of course, he got a lot of hate on Twitter of people saying, you know, hey, it's so accessible. Most people can't go to the theater to see this. Yeah. You know, it's it's playing in so few theaters. I'd have to travel an hour to see it. I can't afford that, blah, blah, blah. And he, you know, he kind of tweeted back saying, of course, I understand that. But it would be a wide release if more people went to see movies like this. So that's my point. Right. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I, I love the Netflix thing, too. But I, I don't know. I, and I don't want the Netflix movies to be like lesser movies only. I think it's so cool that this like really talented prestige director put out this like big movie that's going to get Oscar nominations on Netflix. I do think it's really cool. But there are definitely some like married like 35 year olds. 
who are super excited. Yeah, about they're Roma. crying right now over it. Like they're so excited that Ro- Roma went straight to Netflix. They're like, "Wow, I get to watch a new movie without leaving my house. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Open up a bottle of wine. Yeah, just read some <laughs> subtitles and watch some beautiful exteriors." I mean, 70s they have, Mexico. Right, they probably have a baby and they're like, I haven't left the house in weeks. And yeah, I get it. But I I don't know. I, I feel I'm kind of on both sides of that argument, I guess. Yeah. But speaking of Netflix, I watched Bird Box last night. Oh, how was it? I loved it. I almost watched it and didn't know that it was supposed to be good or anything. Then like everybody was talking about it on Twitter. Yeah. I regretted it. Well, I saw... A tweet that said, like, oh, Sandra Bullock is blindfolded the entire movie. And I was like, oh, I don't really feel like seeing that. You know, and then I'm like, well, maybe. You watch her in space. Right. Well, I loved Gravity. But I was like, (laughs) maybe, I was like, maybe it'll be good. Maybe they'll find some way to make it really interesting. And and then I watched it, and she is not blindfolded the whole movie at all. For most of the movie, she is not blindfolded. Oh, wow. Spoiler. (laughs) Not what I signed up for. (laughs) Uh, it was, you know what, it's very similar to the M. Night Shyamalan film, The Happening, but it's as if The Happening, if The Happening had been made and it had been good, it would be this movie, because the threat in this movie is almost exactly the same as The Happening, honestly. It's, it's, it's actually, uh, I know it's based on a book, which I think came out after The Happening, and I'm like, this... This has to be like they copied it or something because it's so similar. The thing that's causing everyone to go crazy. I mean, it's like this gust of wind or something and the, you know, the trees move and you see like leaves flying and and it's the same thing in the happening. And then also, you know, it makes people crazy so that they start killing themselves like immediately. And that is the same thing in the happening. So I don't even know how they they can do that. But scratching all that, scratching the the ethics of don't copy other people, the movie was so good, and Sandra Bullock's amazing in it. It has Travante Rhodes from Moonlight. He is the other like co-star. He's amazing. Oh, in it. all right. The two of them together, great. And and it also has John Malkovich. And up. yeah, it's really good. It's it's really good, and it, it's like very thrilling. Especially the first, I would say the first half hour, I was like on the edge of my seat, like oh my god, this is so so good. I think the movie is a little too long. But it really doesn't matter because they really invest you in the characters. There's one scene where they, this isn't really a spoiler, but they they blindfold themselves to drive because they have to get somewhere. And so they're driving a car blindfolded, but they use the GPS. So they're just doing it by their their hearing. And it's really cool. So I recommend that one, especially because you can just turn it on. I mean, that's what's so great about Netflix is like, you could just turn it on anytime, and if you don't like it, turn it the hell off. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> You're already real. paying your eight ninety nine. You might as well check out what Sandra Bullock's been doing, you know? Yeah, for sure. You know what would have been interesting is if they had the blindfold in the blind side. <laughs> that would have changed the story a lot. Right, exactly. That, that would have been interesting because, you know, on top of the whole storyline about the, the football player, it would be like, why is she blindfolded? But no one mentions it. Yeah, and also that kind of ruins the message of the film. Right. She was blindfolded. It wasn't <laughs> like she was welcoming somebody different into her house. Yeah, they <laughs> and bridging borders. Right. Like all like those all those racist moms. White lady welcoming in. Yeah, they'd be like homeless uh, black man. Yeah, and they'd be like, you know, he's black, like what the hell's up with that? You're you're letting a black guy into your house and she'd be like, He's black? What? <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh no! <laughs> it just goes from being like a very cheesy like race film to being <laughs> an even cheesier race film. Yeah, 
But you know, she was good in that. I actually... She was aight. Like, I did not think she deserved the Oscar for that. Well, you know... It was just, like, not that, like, tough of a role. I agree with you, but I think sometimes the roles that aren't that tough, like... A really great actress can bring something more to it that isn't really there. And I did feel that she did that. Like, I went to the premiere of that movie. I took my mom and we were so excited. And I remember when it ended, I just turned to her and said, she's going to win the Academy Award. And and it was back in, it was like came out in like November. So it wasn't even that much hype yet. But I just knew because it, it was that kind of Oscar performance that they, they hype it up. Like she's at that point in her career where she's done so many movies, but she's more of like the romantic comedy person. She's not as much of the serious movie Oscar nominated person. But, but this was going to position her for that. I just knew it. It was one of those things that was definitely going to happen. Like that's that that could happen to. It's the same thing happened to like Reese Witherspoon when she did Walk the Line. I mean, she had done other meteor roles and stuff, but that was like her part that they they were gonna you know the media was gonna freak out about and really position her for that. And I didn't think that even though she sang and everything, like she didn't have as challenging of a role as Joaquin Phoenix. So yeah. I would think he would be the hot one of that movie that would get like, I mean, he did get a nomination, but that he would get all the awards and stuff. But she brought more to that. Like, I think it's similar to, to that. Like, she she brought so much to that character that you didn't even really expect her to bring, I thought. so. I need to give that another watch. Walks the Line. Oh, it's one of my favorite movies. I feel like I've watched it on cable or something. Or maybe oh, HBO. Oh, it's so good. Like, I don't remember it like straight through. It's unbelievable how iconic Johnny Cash is. And then they had, you know, they had Joaquin sing. Whereas in a movie like Selena, for instance, they they use Selena's real voice because they wanted her voice to be heard. But in this one, it's Joaquin Phoenix's voice. And I'm like, how is he so good that he sells this? Like, it's Johnny Cash. Like, no one sounds like Johnny Cash, but he does. And he just, the performance is so good. I, I love that movie. I, I always, like, I talk about that movie pretty often. I'm always telling people that they have to see it. So you should watch it. But watch the Batman movies, Jordan. I will. Yeah. Also, uh, I kind of want to talk about Creed now. Because I feel like that just reminded me of Tessa Thompson. She's great. Should we just get into Creed? Well, we we said we were going to do First Man first. Well, I could just say that we get into Creed and then people could be like, whoa, why were people, why were you guys talking about it in the opposite order when you started the podcast and the timestamp said that Creed was first? I don't know. We could stick to the script if you want to. You know, I'm a rebel, so I don't mind changing the plan. It's up to you. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're so the boss. Am I the boss? Thank you for saying that. <clears throat> of course. Okay. So, Creed 2, we saw. Well, you saw it today. I saw it last... I saw it... When did I, I see I literally it? saw it two hours ago, <laughs> if that. I saw it a few days ago, and oh my God. First of all, I have to tell everyone out there how much I love every single Rocky movie. I know I've said this before, but it bears repeating because I, prior to, I started watching them all in October. And prior to October, I had only seen the first one because it's so classic. And it really is like one of the best movies ever, I think. But I never was like, I hadn't seen it in years and I just wasn't really compelled to watch the sequels. But my boyfriend loved the original Creed so much. Like he wouldn't stop talking about it. And he was like, we had like back when it came out, he was like, we have to see it. And I was like, well, I've never seen like most of the Rocky movies. So I don't want to watch Creed because I need to see them all. And he was like, you're not going to watch every single. He's like, there's like six or something like you're not going to watch all of them. Just watch Creed like you can watch it on its own. You'll get it. It's fine. And I was like, no. And so finally, three years later, <laughs> I was like, OK, I'm ready. And so I turn on Rocky and I loved it even more than I ever 
ever had before. And then I was like so compelled to watch the second one. I was like, yes, I'm ready. Rocky 2. And then I saw Rocky 2 and I loved it. And I was like so ready for Rocky 3. I watched all of them and I felt like that was so worth it. So if anyone out there is kind of like interested, but maybe hasn't gone into it yet or anything, watch, at least watch the first one and then try the second one and then see if you're still interested to see the third and the fourth. Because when you watch, especially Creed 2, because Creed 2 uh, is, is kind of like a sequel to Rocky 4. But I mean, it's so worth it to see the evolution of this character of, of Rocky and his whole family and his whole life. And then and then and and all the stuff with Apollo Creed and his life and his family. And then this it's it's so amazing that they keep making these movies and they're so damn good. Like, you know, what we should do we should do a couple of bonus episodes along the way. Oh, my God. Can we, we do, do every movie? Binges, and like we just watch the franchises. Like if we have a lot of free time, like just pick a day and watch like a whole franchise in the day. Jordan, I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. Don't you don't even have to ask. Guys, send this in to us if you guys have franchises you want us to do a bonus episode. Yeah, and I'm telling you, I really recommend these movies. I'm not a big fan of sports movies. I I don't even I don't even think I saw Remember the Titans or whatever. Like I don't I, I I've never been a boxing fan. Did you see Moneyball? Yes, I saw Moneyball, but I didn't it's a really nerd sports movie. I didn't love it. I mean, I liked it. It was it was fine. I just love these movies. Because they really, I mean, boxing is that very simple thing of like that metaphor of you're down and like you have to get back up. It's just that that metaphor for life. It's like when you're down, it's all about getting back up and continuing no matter what happens to you. And that's it's just the perfect thing. And you just I fall for it every movie, like every single one of these movies. I'm like staring at the screen. I'm like punching along. I'm like gasping when Rocky or or, or Creed gets hit. I'm like screaming. I'm cheering. Like I'm so into them. And it made it makes me want to go to like a boxing match. Like who's a boxer right now that's famous? I don't even know, but I want to go to Madison Square Garden. I never went, but my friends in college always wanted to go. I'm to ready. Like, like very low key <sighs> boxing matches that would go on at like a bar, and I really regret not going. I feel like I had stuff on those nights. Oh, like or a... Maybe I was just lame. At a bar, like, oh, that's cool. Like in a backyard kind of a thing. That's cool. Like in the like in the first Rocky when he's pl- when he's he's fighting in that like little fight somewhere and he's not famous yet. Oh my God, I would die. I really... I know a boxer in Westchester. Really? Maybe I'll, maybe I'll see if he has any fights coming up. Can we get him on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'll go that far. <laughs> he's like never seen a movie, but he's just like a boxer, so we have him on. I'm not a huge fan of him as a person. Okay, well, <laughs> let's forget about him. He's all right. He's We're cool. sorry, Mr. Fighter. Like, I, I'd go watch his fights. I don't really want to hang, necessarily. Okay. So I'll edit not- this out, because he probably listens to my <laughs> podcast. No, he doesn't listen to my podcast. If he does, that would be pretty funny. Then you would change your mind about him. You'd be like, oh, he's okay. <laughs> now, now I'm going to have to ask six, six different boxing friends to go to their matches, and then nobody will know who I was talking about. <laughs> So uh, this movie had a different director. The, the first one was directed by Ryan Coogler, who, of course, you know, now is a huge director because of Black Panther. <clears throat> yeah, he's really sick. I I wish he would do more, like, artsy films, but, like, I guess the things that he did for Creed were pretty cool. And, like, Absolutely. I mean, he really revitalized the franchise in a way that had not been seen in so many years. And I think... As much as I love Stallone, which don't even get me started on how much I love Sylvester Stallone, but <laughs> I think it was really awesome that he kind of relinquished control because he had written and directed like all the Rocky movies himself. Yeah. And actually, when he was 
just a young guy trying to make it in the business he wrote rocky and he was shopping it around to all of the studios trying to get it made and they were like this is a great script but you're not going to star in it we're going to get you know schwarzenegger or some big star to star in it (laughs) and they offered him money and he kept refusing he said no i have to be in it and i mean can you imagine if he had just taken that check and left the room like oh my god his whole life would have been so different and yeah even just watching it like watching creed 2 it's really hard to imagine somebody besides him being rocky uh, just because like he says shit that nobody else in the world could possibly come up with thank like, you it sounds like it's just really coming out of this rocky character's <laughs> mouth which like i don't know how much this rocky character is sylvester stallone probably a lot i think maybe yeah i mean his observational <laughs> moments like the- his writing is so, and he did co-write this script. He didn't direct it. It was directed by Stephen Cable Jr. But the little things that Rocky says, like he's always observing like what's going on around him. Like I remember in, um, I think it's Rocky 4 or 5. They're standing in the arena before the fight and he's like, hey, imagine uh, the guy that has to clean this place at the end of the night. Can you imagine that? And they're all like, what the hell? Like you're about to fight. Like, <laughs> and then when he was, in this one, he was going on about his light and he's like, I mean, what's a light if it doesn't light? You know what I mean? Like he's just so, I just want to take a minute to talk about his acting because I think he's really underrated as an actor. I think that he's mainly known as like this meathead or something. And he had like one or two scenes in the beginning of the film that I was like, ah, like the chemistry was weird between him and Michael B. Jordan. But then like after those, I was just in, like locked in. Mm -hmm. He's so authentic. And there's something like about him there's something in his eyes that's so true and real and you believe everything he says even in the cheesier rocky sequels that are like almost like video games they're so like yeah (laughs) but it's even in those like he he grounds it like he really is a talented actor and i think it's it's uh it's awesome that he got nominated for an academy award for the the first Creed film. I don't think he'll get nominated again, but... I was upset, though, that Michael B. Jordan didn't get nominated, and he did. Because yeah. it was kind of like, why? I think it has more to do with, like, the race that year. Like, I think it's hard to get a, a lead nomination for a movie like this, but I think that... He got knocked out. That's true. Like, that was in the film, him actually getting knocked out. Oh, it was real, you're saying? Like, there was a fight... And in the take, he got knocked out. Oh, for real? Yeah, and that was in the film. Oh my goodness, I didn't know that. Yeah, no, it's like he did so much for that and just like training to become a boxer. Like I feel like nobody gave him credit for that, that he created this great film when they gave Sylvester Stallone credit for doing it way back when. Mm -hmm. And like it really was a very different character and different story. And then this story was super cool. Yeah, like I said, they just refreshed, like they took this, this franchise that had basically died and brought it back in such a unique and, and authentic way. Like you're so with, like in that first Creed film, like you're so with them. Like you're so, so there, you're right there and you're so ready and you're invested in the story again and you're ready for the fight and you're like, you're so there. And I just think that's really unique. I mean, what other franchises are really, you know, reborn like this? It just doesn't really happen. I feel like it's either a remake that is so shot by shot or, or, or so similar or it's a reimagining that's so different and doesn't really capture the original magic. And this is just, I mean, I'm so impressed. I can't tell you how since October watching all these, how impressed I am with all of these people. I think it's interesting how the simplicity of Rockies led to complexity because mm-hmm. like all of the films were very much like this is who's good this is who's evil like let's see what happens but like 
after a while now, it's like they're getting realer and realer. Mm-hmm. And then all of these old dynamics that were in play are now like paying off in the Creed movies. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, and it's great that they're taking that past subject matter seriously and they're bringing it back and using it again and bringing back these characters. So I mean, maybe we should say, for anyone who hasn't seen it since we're doing the non-spoiler, this movie focuses on Adonis Creed, his his girlfriend played by Tessa Thompson, and Rocky. <clears throat> and uh, they're the, the couple's kind of like moving on in their relationship, getting more serious, and they Adonis gets challenged by... Ivan Drago's son, Victor Drago, Victor from who never says a word. <laughs> no, no, no. Film. <laughs> yeah, that's we were talking about that too. Like he doesn't say anything until like an hour into the film. Like literally, he's just a he's just like a, a cartoon villain that just like grunts. It's amazing. Except he's not like <sighs> like they show family stuff and like they oh show we will get a into that stuff. Like it's a very yes. it's it's like Ryan Gosling in Drive. Basically. Okay, I, I hear you. So Which is a good... I agree with you. I, I think in the first half, he's kind of like the cartoon villain, but then they really humanize with the whole story. But we can't yeah. say it yet. But Also, he's like not as like <laughs> scary looking as uh, Ivan Drago at yeah. all. As Dolph like Lundgren. Ivan Drago looked so he like, was ridiculous away. Yeah, he was just in, so in, cartoony in and giant. And then this guy just looks like a dude. Like you're just like, yeah, he would actually be a Russian boxer. <laughs> he doesn't look like he was created in a perfect in a in a machine. Yeah. <laughs> so in Rocky Four, uh Ivan Drago, this this literally much more cartoon villain from Russia, challenges Apollo Creed, Adonis's father, Donnie's father. And it's so ridiculous. He ends up murdering him. <laughs> I mean, not literally, not murdering him, but like he ends, he he dies as a result of his injuries from the fight. That's how Apollo Creed dies. And so, yeah. which isn't a spoiler that happens in like the beginning of the movie or early in the movie. And then uh, Rocky ends up challenging Ivan Drago to kind of avenge what happened to Apollo. Rocky wins the fight, of course, and against all odds, again, he's the underdog. Like, it's the same freaking plot every single sequel, and I fall for it every time. I'm like, I love this. <laughs> so you just love seeing him win, and it's it's like good versus evil, right versus wrong, you know? And so in this film, they bring back the Drago family and the Creed family and Rocky, and the Drago's father, Ivan, and his son, Victor, challenge Donnie to a fight. And it's like, you know, the sons of these two fighters. years later. And, of course, because Donnie, you know. Which, wow. I know, right? How relevant, how political <laughs> that Russia and America are fighting again. We're past the Cold War now. Continue <laughs> global politics. Yeah. Which they don't play up too much in the film. No, they don't. This is not about that. But it's... It, but it is kind of. Yeah, I mean, you could definitely... I think if you go into the film with that kind of... Especially with the family dynamics. Yeah, you I can think. you can pick that out for sure. I... Oh, gosh. I think the, the details in this movie and the details in the original Creed, like the whole thing with her not being able to hear yeah. very well and, and how... with it a lot in that. I don't even remember it from Creed 1. Oh, well, in, in the first one, it's a pretty... It's a pretty big deal, but it's like it's just a detail about her character that that humanizes her and not that she needs to be humanized, but like she's already great. 
and she's already a good character but those details are what I love about characters in movies like when you add details like that you feel like you know the person more and they feel more like human beings who suffer and go through things and you know there's no reason for that to happen to her it just happened to her that that happens to people things happen to people and so bringing it into the second one and and uh again i'm not gonna get into spoilers but the way that they they have that as a major element in this movie and it works so well it's it's very real it's like they're 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 not so focused on only the fights it's not just like okay here's a fighting montage and here's this and here's that There's i didn't even know if we were going to get a second fight <laughs> <laughs> it's just so real i mean I'm, I'm probably saying the same thing over and over but it's really true it's just so good and the uh there was some amazing michael b jordan scenes like, there so were some great. average scenes he's amazing but there were some great scenes. I think even like... Also, wait, did Tessa Thompson sing? Does she do the singing? Like, who writes that music? I think she saw, She did sing for real. She sang for real? I think who so. Who wrote the music? I wonder who wrote the music. I don't know. She's super talented. She had a ridiculous year. I know. I, and I love that All scene. amazing movies. Yeah. All like art house type shit. And then this was her major one. Yeah, I loved, I mean, Annihilation is one of my top favorites of the year. Yeah, and sorry to bother you. Sorry to bother you, so great. That's also in my top ten. I mean, she's she's really coming into her own, like, she's really, I think in the next few years we're going to see Oscar nominations, we're going to see, like, her, you know, on like, she's going to be the big star, like, on the cover of Vogue, like, uh, she's going to be across, like, all of the, she's going to hit all of those major, like, big movie star things, like, cover well, of Rolling Stone. she's been a superhero too, right? She's, well, kind of, she's, in, yeah, I mean, she's in, Thor Ragnarok, so Word. which was really good. Did you see that one? I did not. It's really good, I, and I don't. I don't, it's probably my one of my top favorites of the Marvel franchise, which I'm not crazy about the franchise, but I I like that I like, that one. I'm gonna butcher his name, Taiko Waikiki. Or yeah, was that the right way to say his name? Um, I'm probably a little. I'm not. Off. I'm not convinced it's the right way to say his name, but you're fine. <laughs> cool. Um. Yeah, he's a cool director. Uh, yeah, I love talking about uh, her performance. I love when he comes out for his fight with Victor and she like does her whole musical that opening. Was so sick. So sick. Oh my god. They're yeah. the coolest couple ever. There were some like there were some parts of the fight scenes that were eh, but then there were some parts of the fight scenes that were like, "Oh yeah, this is like classic. Like I can't wait to see this in a montage." Like Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I thought the fight scenes in Creed were possibly even better, but that might have been the direction, but they were absolutely great in these. I mean, in I was Creed one. You mean? Yeah. Uh, I because the like steady cam one shot mm -hmm. was just so sick. Unreal. Like you can't beat that. And that's what I love is they really like they take all of this so seriously. It's not just like oh this is a franchise and they're just gonna show up to see the fight and we're fine. Like they really made it their own and they updated it in such a way that makes you like like i am dying for a third one they better do a third one i'm I, so ready i love the blue lighting in the second fight like, Beautiful. it just looked so cool mm -hmm. and it's funny how like that's what the russia was now compared <laughs> to old russia right you know it was just a very flashy like oh yeah they're gonna make a lot of money off this mm -hmm. and i loved the this isn't really a spoiler but i love the that in Rocky Four, it's hard to spoil a Rocky because you kind of know what's going <laughs> to happen to a certain extent. <laughs> yeah, in in Rocky Four, when he goes to train, he trains in Russia, and they literally show him like running up a snowy mountain. Yeah. <laughs> and in this one, they go to the desert, which was such a good juxtaposition to that. It's like the exact opposite, right? I thought that was so cool. I mean, it was ridiculous that he wouldn't have good Wi-Fi there. But besides that, besides the FaceTime seeds, again, it was so awesome to watch like Rocky driving in the car and. 
you know, um, Creed running behind him and, and him, you know, falling, like almost passing out and him saying, get up, kid. Like, can we do spoilers? <sighs> sure. Okay. Spoilers, 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 spoilers. We're getting spoilers. into spoilers. Um, no. I was going to say with that, that was so, okay. I had some issues with this film. What? Like, uh, he just gets so let off the hook for just like leaving his newborn child. Like, oh. why couldn't he just fucking train in L.A.? Like, why did he have to leave? Like, their, like, fiancé is, uh-huh. like, at home with a child, and you just leave to go to the desert, and she's just chill with it. She's just like, yeah, you had to do that. Like, cool. Bye. Like, he could have easily just been there through the entire, like, infancy of this child, but then he chose to leave. Jordan, I'm so impressed with you right now. Why so, are you impressed with me? Ladies, if you have a baby with Jordan, guess who's not leaving? Okay? <laughs> <laughs> so you're good. I, I, No, I'm really impressed with you for saying that because that is, I mean, I can't even imagine my spouse leaving when I have an infant. That would be very hard. And especially because he didn't have to take this freaking fight. I mean, that's one of the issues in the movie is that Rocky doesn't want him to do this because obviously Rocky was there when Creed died and and took some of when his father died and took some of the that responsibility onto himself and so he doesn't want him to do the first fight he's he was not- also so excited to leave his child yeah and i was just like what the fuck he was just like oh do you think do you think we should go back to philly <laughs> he's like what yeah <laughs> you were just so excited to like get back to your life i guess like he did need an escape he got so clobbered in the first fight in this film that it would be totally understandable if uh his well i guess they didn't get married but his future wife was said like hey maybe we have a baby and maybe you shouldn't almost die again you know but i I also that's one problem that i did have with the movie is how perfect she looked like literally right after she had the baby i was like she would at least look tired like i get i get that she's gonna look beautiful no matter what because she's beautiful but she would look uh, a little run down i would think and and that then, was such a funny scene, <laughs> the dinner scene with uh, Creed's mom. Oh my God, Felicia Rashad! First of all, I love that whole thing. I love that she's not his real mother. That that Apollo cheated on her with this other woman who died, and now she's taking on the responsibility of being his mother, and it's not even her son. That's so beautiful. Like, can you imagine be, like being cheated on like that and not even knowing? And this baby shows up, and you just take responsibility for it. I mean, that's amazing. That's another thing about this that is so like it gets so dear heart that was such a weird like a cool thing about the film was just like this idea that he still like has not even seen like he just sees his father's grave for the first time after he wins Mm -hmm. the or keeps the heavyweight title yeah it's just like wow yeah there's some shit like that really like the stakes were so high in this film Mm -hmm. and like they played it well i think like before the stakes were there like it was just so cheesy for me well, I like the cheesiness. I think it works in these. Uh, it does and it doesn't. Because, like, it's just so much better when it's, like, well acted and, like, a classic scene. And you, like, feel like you're watching a classic scene. But then when mm-hmm. it takes you out of it because you're just like, oh, my God, the editing was really bad right here. Like, we did not need to hear Rocky go on on this monologue. Like, this was not a good monologue. Like, he had some I hilarious did need that. monologues, though. <laughs> I always need more Rocky. I just love him. Like the light bulb thing. <laughs> that he just keeps calling his landlord to fix the light. Yeah, but I love him. <laughs> just get a light bulb. But that's How Rocky. How old are you? <laughs> I don't know. If, is, it, is it a regular? I, I got kind of got the impression that it's some weird like light setting that he can't just go and get himself. 
Okay. I don't know. Also, the proposal story was so funny. Oh, yeah, that was great when she couldn't hear him. Oh, no, no, but I meant... Ro- yeah, that was really funny, but uh, the Rocky telling oh. Creed like how he well, that's <laughs> proposed to Adrian. Have you seen Rocky 2? Uh, I think I have, yeah. He's he's just literally replaying... I mean, that happens in yeah. Rocky 2. Like, yeah, there's a tiger there, and yeah, I mean, it's... I love these damn movies, but... Speaking of the grave, the way that they keep showing Rocky visiting Adrian's grave, that's one of my favorite things about this. all these movies is the Rocky and Adrian relationship. And I was devastated, devastated when they show that she died in Rocky Balboa. I, I, I literally gasped and I was so upset because the fact that they he was so smart to make her in the first one this unassuming, shy, introverted, not this glamorous, beautiful woman that would be dating a boxer. You know, at the time, it was the 70s, they could have cast Farrah Fawcett or something like that, but they cast this woman from The Godfather who, uh, uh, I just forgot her name, Talia Shire. And she's so, you know, she's got her like hat on and her glasses and no makeup and she's got her big coat on and he loves her so much and finds her so attractive and so beautiful. And I love that. And their whole relationship completely grounds all the films for me so when she died I didn't know how like what I was going to do and the fact they really make a point to talk about how in this mil- in this movie they talk about how he really isolates himself like he's even more isolated than he was in the first Creed like when he's in his restaurant like there's no people there whereas in the first one there were people around and he had friends and that final shot after the second match was so perfect like mm-hmm. I was tearing up yeah. when like he was like no this is you, this is your moment yeah, like he, <laughs> he's like, I lived my life and I, I had everything, you know, and I, I, I kind of, w- I don't really want him to get married again, but I kind of wish he had someone or, you know, now that he's reconnected with his son, thank God. Uh, yeah, that is nice. Hopefully he'll have more of a life, but just all the details, like all the, um, is the next, is the next film just the Rocky death scene? No. But like, how does it end? Like, does it just go on forever? I hope so. Like. I don't know. It definitely needs a few years until the next one because, like, you need yeah. the kid to be old enough that. Well, I don't know. I think I think the they're involved. The Amare. well, because because they brought the son back. I feel, and he was not in Creed. He was in Rocky Balboa, and he was in. I did this not one. see Rocky Balboa. <sighs> it's great. I mean, <laughs> I love them all. Okay, I'm I'm not. I'm so biased. I just love them all. So I'm not even going to give an intelligent answer. I love every single one, but I will say that. The way that they did the ending, I loved so much with the father and son motif. You know, they have Creed and Creed. They have the Dragos. They have Rocky and his son reuniting. And I think that also is so true to life. Like, imagine being Rocky's son. I mean, that's that's crazy. Or imagine being like, you know, I don't know, Michael Jordan's son or something like that. It, it's like if you're not the absolute fucking best in the world at something, it's like, well, you're not your dad, you know. I mean, I just buy it and... I really want to see Rocky as a grandpa and I want to see him with the kid and connecting and that that whole thing with the fathers and sons I feel like they're setting it up for a possible third one where I don't think Rocky's son is going to fight cuz he's always been so against the fighting thing but I need I need Rocky's more with, grandson. 
No, Ro- his Rocky's no, son. his son, Milo Ventimiglia. Like, I think he he could fight. I mean, I don't I don't think he's gonna because he's been so like not into it his whole life. Oh, I don't think he would just come out of nowhere and fight. He seems like he's pretty normal and like lives in Vancouver. Yeah. Well, in Ro- well, okay, you haven't seen Rocky Balboa. Yeah, in in that movie, that? he's very like this is really hard for me. Like you you doing because like, in Rocky Balboa, Rocky ha- has another fight. I mean, he's like in his fifties or whatever, and he fights again, and he's like, this is crazy. Like, what are you doing? And so. His his son has a lot of issues with his fame and the the shadow of being Rocky's son and you know how Rocky wasn't around for some of his childhood and all that stuff and how he was always getting beat up and all that's it's hard you know and that's why they're not speaking anymore and I think he's not gonna fight but I think bringing him back into the loop somehow where he gets into something or he's he's there for something or I don't know I just want I think more. his son has to fight. <laughs> Her grandson, the yeah. grandson, the grandson of Rocky has to fight. Yeah, or that maybe the 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 Creed baby girl and the the uh, Rocky Rocky's grandson get married in 20, 30 years. Whoa, that would be that would be trippy. That would be sick. What if she's the boxer? <gasps> That'd be so cool. I feel like that might be the next transition. That'd be amazing. Yeah. But yeah, I just. What's your favorite boxing movie? Rocky. There's so many great ones. Rocky. <laughs> How could I pick anything else? Do you hear me raving about this? Ugh. But I love like Raging Bull. I love Million Dollar Baby. Okay, I am the. I love Scorsese more than anything, but I love. I think Rocky is a better movie than Raging Bull. <sighs> Hard to disagree. I know a lot of people would disagree. I know that, but I mean, maybe. Okay, I think the way Raging Bull is shot is better than Rocky's how Rocky is shot and basically how any film ever has been shot (laughs) but overall as a film I just I I love Rocky what can I say Creed 2 was very beautifully shot I will give it to them it was absolutely I thought it was very um interesting how they shot some things there's this intensity and there's and the environments like even the the strip mall where he goes to train that's next to the gas station and the McDonald's or whatever like the that urban environment like that it's just like a regular his place in town like he's not going to train at this like grand place he's just like a regular guy training for this fight it's i also liked how the hip-hop changed to west coast hip-hop when they went to la all right (laughs) i love that i mean i love yeah i love the music all of the all of the songs on the soundtrack work perfectly i love the scores i love the score from the first one and it just i mean even those details like the music everything brings out the heart of this movie there's so much heart there's so much intensity there's so much like the atmosphere the 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 relationships everything i just ugh. Can, wait can we talk about of course we could talk about anything thank you jordan specifically the weird things <laughs> i'm so happy jordan puts up with me you guys uh okay can we talk about the dragos because you you hated them in the first in, in not in the first in rocky four yeah and in this movie they humanize them and they you make they actually are people yeah and so after the events of the fourth Rocky, the the mother and wife played by Brigitte Nielsen, who at one time was married to Sylvester Stallone, and by the way, just had a baby this year. Okay, she just had a baby. She is a Wonder Woman. <laughs> you guys should How see Jordan's face. I think she's fifty eight or something like that. It's it's unbelievable. It's like a medical marvel thing. Oh she hasn't. She has a newborn baby. Okay, so they uh, they explain that she left the family after they lost the fight. So they were kind of like, you know, Russia was shaming them. They were like the big losers when Rocky beat 
uh, beat Ivan in the fight. And as a result, she left. So I guess she didn't really love them. She was more of an opportunist. And of course, she shows back up after uh, Victor wins the first fight against Creed. And she doesn't even really have to say much. He doesn't win the first fight. Well, he just has a strong show. That you're right. You're absolutely right. He doesn't win, he but he DQs. He or gets DQ'd. I mean, it's it's terrible what the shape Creed ends up in. But I I sorry, not to derail your tangent. No, it's fine. But uh, I love the fact that in the first fight, he didn't lose the fight. Yeah, like he won the fight. And then just to be as bruised and broken as he was mm-hmm. and be the champ mm-hmm. was just so perfect. Like, that was such a good device. Mm-hmm. And then it just added to the whole thing because it was just like, oh, well, this Drago kid is still not a champ. Right. And that that eats away at that the father and the son, you know? Yeah. And just the- bullshit labels. Right. Yeah. It's all like, I mean, no offense, but it, it kind of feels like... To me, I'm just like, why are men like this? Like, why can't they just stop? <laughs> Which I felt like was a big theme in it. Yeah. Like, that's what the mom and Tessa Thompson's character were there for, I feel uh-huh. like. Yeah, like, I'm so obsessed with Hamilton. And every time I listen to the end of Hamilton and they, they, they get into the whole duel, I'm like, I can't believe this is how Hamilton died. Like, why do, why do they have to have a duel? Like, why can't men just not have duels? It's just... <laughs> <laughs> so dumb but well how can you live if you don't know who the winner is you know right exactly you gotta know <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so yeah she shows up and at that dinner and like i said she doesn't really say anything it's just very like her presence is known and they're like holy fuck she's back and you're like oh this is awesome they got her to come back like big year for her um <laughs> and and they they kind of now that she's in now that they're in the spotlight she's back and so they i guess start thinking oh she's back like and they they get they're like emotional about it and then at the end oh my god when she shows up to the fight and her son sees that she's there and then once he starts really losing and it looks like he's gonna lose she she leaves early and oh my gosh the him getting off of the mats uh, shots those were all so nice like oh my god there were definitely too many of them but they were so tight you you feel for him so much and you that's what it really improved on from rocky four is that they're just these these people that love this person and she left them like that's that that has happened to so many of us like when someone we love leaves us whether it's voluntary or not and and that moment when you see Ivan finally like relinquish his ridiculous like egging him on and all that stuff and he throws in the towel I was already crying because of everything that I've talked about up until now but like I that got me so much because they they're just people like everybody else and they and at the end even at the end when they when they did all the father and son stuff and they just showed them running together and it was like oh they're still like they're still training they're still going they're still running together like it killed me yeah and it showed that it was about the father-son relationship the Mm -hmm. family relationships yeah and it was like that was why because them them having a reason for being so intense was great because in the first one like ivan's literally just like oh i'm going to kill that american and it's like so silly and in this one it was like oh like they want to avenge what happened to them like they want to be the winners they want to impress her again they want to you know when you get left as a little boy that's like you're always going to want that validation from that person again and he's never going to get it and and in that moment 
when his father realizes that that's not what the important thing is. Like he realizes, oh my God, the important thing is my son and he's getting beaten to death right now. And like, I need to stop this. And that's when he realizes like, what's the most important thing. It's beautiful. Like this movie has so many fucking amazing layers. Definitely the most existential Rocky. You know, I, I can't disagree. It's just the vulnerability. That's what everything is about is vulnerability and empathy. And this movie has that. And I just think it's so much more than a boxing movie. It's so much more than than a Rocky movie. It's it's everything. Ugh. It definitely could have been 20 minutes shorter. It could have been 50 minutes longer as well. And I would have sat there. <laughs> I would not have. It was, it was way too long for my liking. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, they I was, are, they I was are not long, a fan at the but length. You know, I I just like get to the good stuff. Like they took so long to set up the film, and I guess like they were trying to build up build up payoffs. Yeah, totally. There were some just long scenes that could have been way shorter (laughs) at the beginning. I hear you, but it works for fans like me that just like can't get enough. I mean, even the even them bringing back the original Rocky song like that moment we were in the theater and that moment when they they started the dun 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 and oh my god this 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 guy that was sitting in front of us like put his fist in the air (laughs) and he was like yes and i'm like it gets me every time like i totally i never jordan was yoked yo also (laughs) and it was a different type of yoked than uh his black panther yoked okay i hear you he looks so good. Yeah. I mean, he, his like it's not even that he's like um that he's physically perfect. It's like he's anatomically correct as if he was made in a uh lab. Like <laughs> he looks I mean the way he trained for this. Yeah, I was noticing that cuz that's a huge part of the Rocky films is like the bodies kind of. Mhm. And it was just like damn. He's yoked. Well, also I think it's interesting because we're talking about like two really great like leading men today on this podcast, mm-hmm. and they're just such different actors. Oh, totally! But and we're happy they to both have do them very, both. Very like eclectic films. They are something. That's what I'll say. They are something. Should we take an ad break? I like it. Are we done with Creed Two? Yes. Cool. Go see it. Do you recommend it? Oh hell yeah! Hell yeah! Um, <laughs> I definitely recommend it. See it in the theaters if you can still, but mm-hmm. if not, it's going to be on streaming soon enough, probably. I recommend every single Rocky movie, but especially if I had to narrow it down, I w- if if you have to watch like, I would say you have to watch at least four movies before this one because you have to watch Rocky. You have to watch Rocky Four. Expendables have- Two. <laughs> right? No, no, three movies because you you would have to watch Rocky, Rocky Four, and Creed. Or no, Rocky Balboa. You're gonna miss some of the others. You know what? Just uh, just just watch this movie because it's really great, and I highly, highly, highly recommend it. And uh, now a word from our sponsors. We're back. Hope you guys didn't like getting entrenched in the throes of capitalism. <laughs> it was really exciting for me personally because I've always wanted to be a radio gal. Also like it's Christmas and like if you guys want to support this podcast, you could go to anchor.fm/moviescinemafilm. It's just like if you're a very wealthy person who listens to this podcast and you just have like some money to spare, they give you the option to donate. <laughs> <laughs> give us all the money. Don't give it to, you know, St. Jude's or Make-A-Wish Foundation. 
We need it. The more money you guys give us, the more episodes we'll make. Exactly. We'll see more movies for you mm-hmm. and give you more discerning opinions and expertise <laughs> based off of our wide ranges of experiences. Right. And if you donate $1,000, we'll give you our personal uh, phone number so you could text we will us. We'll literally come to wherever you are and pick you up and go to movies with you every day if you donate a thousand dollars to us. So Jordan will do that. I am not promising that. Um. <laughs> oh come on, Leah! Don't I you want a thousand dollars? No, I don't get out of bed for more than ten thousand dollars. So Jesus. Anyway, he is a high roller. That's me. So we saw First Man. A long, long time ago. I think it was about October 23rd, if I do remember correctly. I saw it like two, three weeks ago. And, well. Oh, boy. I loved it. I went to space in IMAX. Yeah. Oh, you saw it in IMAX? That's that's dope. Yeah. So I, fucking cool. So I just want to talk about, uh, first, that Damien Chazelle is 33 years old. And he's he's created these three extremely high quality very different films. He in looks like fast-forwarded Timothy Chalamet. Oh, that's interesting. And he made Whiplash. He made La La Land. He made this. They're three completely different films. He's 33. Like, it's unbelievable to me. He's, he's uh, uh, like, I'll always be interested in what he's going to do next. Oh, yeah. He's, like, supplanted himself. Like, that was the crazy thing about the Moonlight La La Land thing is, like, they're both going to be, the like, two of the best directors of our generation. Yeah. If they're not already considered that, like I still haven't seen if Beale Street can talk. I'll probably see that in a week or two and we'll probably do a podcast. We should. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Brendan also wants to be on that podcast. Yay. We need to have Brendan. He's the greatest, guys. Brendan O'Brien or Brendan O'Jordan, as we morph into sometimes, is our third podcast host who hasn't been on the podcast yet. But he's great. He's I mean, in our hearts. Oh, uh, always. Yeah. And our minds. So if anyone out there doesn't know, uh, I would really, you know, I would start doing some Googling. But basically, First Man is about Neil Armstrong and his journey before he walked on the moon. Still directed by Damien Chazelle, written by Josh Singer, uh, produced by many people, including Steven Spielberg. And Chazelle was actually developing this before La La Land. He met with Ryan Gosling about this I've they, heard some funny stories about this. <laughs> <laughs> they, they talked about this movie briefly, and then Chazelle mentioned, oh, I also want to make a musical, and Brian basically said, oh, shit, let's do that, and, well, He's that's like, what happened. He's like, have you ever heard of the Mickey Mouse Club? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, uh, hello, me and Britney Spears, know anything about that? It's like, watch out, Justin Timberlake, I'm going to prove that I'm the better musician. Uh, he honestly probably is. Shots fired. Ryan Gosling? Yeah. What? I... I love Ryan Gosling. What I'm else is he sung? It does he have a good voice? Yes, yes. What has he played? Has he played another musical first, part? First of all, he he's great in La La Land, but he had a song back in. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I I think he's great in La La Land, but no, he's great in literally everything that he's ever been in. Yeah, he's he's pretty close to perfect but he, he plays subtly subtlety so well yes and he does that in this movie in spade but what i was going to say to answer your question is that around i want to say 2004 2005 ryan gosling had a single come out called put me in the car and whoa we're definitely playing <laughs> single right now and it was it was a good song. It was just this kind of like... the 30-second sample. Hell yeah. It was this indie pop track that was kind of like only on the internet. I don't Put even... Put me... Put me in the car in by Ryan Gosling. Uh 
This is not real. I swear. I was in love with him when I was a teenager. I knew. What? What? Yeah. No. I was here for it. I was ready for no. the whole album. Yes, Jordan. Oh, my God. Throwback. <laughs> oh, my gosh. If it does not get to vocals, I'm going to be so <laughs> you don't have to ask me twice, Ryan. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, this just opens up a new way of looking at the world now. This is weird. He His Canadian really shows. It's very Canadian rock. <laughs> you can count on me for the Ryan Gosling facts, okay? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Everybody should also look at the movies that he did before The Notebook. He did some really interesting work back then. He What's was considered before The Notebook, or what was before The Notebook? Is Blue Valentine before The Notebook? No, that was, that was pretty... F- long after the notebook about like six years i think lars and the real girl was after the notebook mm-hmm. yeah so he he did i think his first half nelson was after the notebook yeah <laughs> but he okay so when he was kind of still coming up in hollywood his first big movie was murder by numbers have not seen it. with sandra bullock and they actually dated at the time he was like 22 what? and she was like 40 yeah what <laughs> no <laughs> I'm kind of embarrassed about how much I know about... Uh, I'm embarrassed that I don't know this much. Okay, so he so he did a bunch of really cool roles where he played, like, the badass, like, dangerous guy. This is before The Notebook. So The Notebook changed his entire persona, really, because then he was, like, the perfect nice guy. But So he was in this movie called The Believer. He was in this movie... Uh, so, oh, have I seen The Believer? I don't know if I have, but he plays a Nazi, right? Yes, it's crazy. And uh, Murder by Numbers, he's... The he, ultimate bad boy. <laughs> a Nazi. Right. <laughs> yeah, like, it doesn't get worse than that, folks. And, uh, you know, and it, it's, he, yeah, all this dark stuff that he did. He did, what's that other one? Oh, the United States of Leland. That was interesting. Whoa, I have not seen that either. The Slaughter Rule. So he had a couple of these, like, starring roles what? that. I've never seen any of these. I need to go look up his old, old filmography. Because I, I was like a kid. I saw Murder by Numbers. I had a huge crush on him. And then I watched all these kind of indie teen dramas. Were you upset that he was only into very older women? You know, I don't think that I was that delusional where I actually thought that <laughs> if we could just meet Ryan, I know that he would love me. I don't think I was that bad. But I was, uh, but no, I thought that was cool because I liked Sandra Bullock actually. Oh, and then he did, right after the notebook, he did this movie called Stay, which is so trippy. It's this really, really cool movie. I'm not even going to say anything. Just watch it because it's one of those movies that. I'm literally going to go on a Ryan Gosling binge this break. Get the popcorn ready because he's great. He's always been so great. And I'm so happy that he. He made this transition into like the big blockbuster with the Notebook and the and the the leading man, and then he turned to the Oscar nominated. That had to be a surprise blockbuster, though. The Notebook, like, would you call a like, <sighs> well, romance like that thought to be a blockbuster? You know, I'm like kind of made? I'm kind of wondering now if it was even a blockbuster 
but what it was at the time is I was like the perfect age for being like this young girl who was like watching this movie and was like oh my god like I need to fall in love and meet someone oh my god and like it was so big with everybody like at school like I don't even know what grade I was in but it was like one of those things where like everyone was like Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams and they're so good and they love each other so it was like one of those things that just captured like my generation and it I'm, was such a big deal. I can never be in the rain and not cry now. <laughs> I actually like people make fun of that movie, but I think I think it's good, and I think the set, I like love the set design and the costumes and the the atmosphere, the cinematography, the music. I think it's all a that's legit really good, good movie. Yeah, I like it a lot. Me too. Anyway, Ryan Gosling, come on the podcast. We want to do a comprehensive please. podcast about also, your career. Please, please do like great comedy again. Well, he I did. The, he did the nice guys. You see the nice guys? I did not see nice guys. You need to catch up on Gosling, because I'm telling you. He's got some gems in there. I like, haven't seen went him. through a binge on Ryan Gosling and like still have so many more to go. He Watch the early ones, because it's really interesting. Big filmography. So, this movie, I... Well, what did you think? I thoroughly enjoyed it also. Mm-hmm. Wow, three films that I thoroughly enjoyed in a row. Yay. Um, I guess I didn't thoroughly enjoy Creed 2. I just enjoyed it most of the time besides the 20 minutes that should have been cut out (laughs) 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 to make it shorter and more succinct um but no this film was so cool i think me being in imax also added to the experience i think my state of mind at the time also helped me in the experience because it was definitely a visual spectacle Mm -hmm. and i enjoyed that like the first scene i don't think this is a spoiler because if you just see the movie period you're gonna see it immediately but like you literally start in an aircraft right they were like we're ready to go and they put you into the aircrafts and you're cramped and Mm -hmm. it feels very much you can sense the anxiety of being in these machines yes and like it was fucked so long ago we went to the moon 60 years ago well in the grand scheme of things it wasn't that long ago that's what kind of blows my mind yeah it wasn't that long ago but also the technology is so different and we Mm -hmm. don't go to the moon easily now like it truly was like just the brains of people thinking of the science to do it and like what could do this all right we're just gonna throw a tin can up into space yes it works yes thank you that's what blew my mind is like this is a very like close quarters movie with like they're showing the nuts and bolts of this and they were just like I guess maybe this might work. Let's put this in there. Let's like all the levers and all the details of everything and the all the close-ups. And, I mean, it really just felt like, oh shit, they're just going to send these fucking guys up there. They don't know what the hell is going to happen. There's just a scene where before Ryan Gosling is getting sent up on a mission, like somebody brings out a Swiss army knife to, yeah! <laughs> to fix it. <laughs> right. And that's how these things get done, right? Is you just trial and error. Like, let's just, what do we think we can do here? Like, also, get- I don't think we should do spoilers for this episode. Be, or for this part of the episode because like everybody knows how it ends uh yeah i guess i mean like it's a historical event i'm trying to think of something that like would we be can't a really spoiler. spoil that neil armstrong gets to the moon okay guess, unless it was an inglorious bastard situation where it was an alternate history sorry <laughs> spoiler uh it's an alternate it's not an alternate history right inglorious bastards is not a word-for-word account of what actually happened if you guys were thinking that it was anyway i was really impressed by once you guys donate to the podcast then we could do a bunch of bonus episodes where we just binge franchises and directors right because then we can quit our jobs yes please help us quit (laughs) our jobs 
Anyway, I, I I was so impressed by the fact that this movie is not about the moon landing. This is about a father's suffering, which I didn't know going into it. And a father's suffering? Yeah. Are you forgetting some plot points? <laughs> so his daughter. Oh my god, yeah. Oh my bad. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, no no. I was I was thinking about the other aspects of the film. Yeah, I hear And like you. I forgot that that was like the history that really defined who Neil Armstrong was as a person. Mm-hmm. I really I loved it because I think a lot of the time when a child dies in a movie, they focus more on the mother and the mother's yeah. devastation. Like for instance, in uh, like one example from this year is hereditary. Uh, you know, it's like they show, which I'm sorry that that's a spoiler, but it's been out for so long. I mean, if you haven't well, seen you it yet, spoiled it for me. I'm kind of upset. Oh I my actually God. kind of you didn't see out it? because I heard you talking about Hereditary, so I didn't hear what you said, but when I listen to it in the edit, I'm going to listen to it because I have to listen to literally everything that's said, and God damn it. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. I'll, I'll catch it someday. Well, okay, well, well... Also, my memory is shit. I probably won't remember <laughs> what you said. I don't even remember movies that I've seen six times. So I won't say anything else, but I'll just say that usually in movies, I mean, you see the mother just collapsing on the floor screaming crying unable to move just losing it because of the loss of her child and this movie focuses more on neil and his it's like what does he have to do to get over the loss of his daughter he has to go to the moon it's like <laughs> no but i'm serious it's unbelievable right it's like so heartbreaking and and i love ryan gosling's restrained performance and oh my god yeah it was it was very steeped with subtlety and like this idea of like what is a man a man is somebody who keeps their emotions bottled up and has to say very little even if they're very scared (laughs) it was so i loved the like the scenes the scenes were so tense of both his personal life and his professional life it had the same kind of intensity and like i love the scene toward the beginning that the job interview when they're like oh we heard you just lost your daughter do you think that'll affect you at all like i thought that was such brilliant acting the way he responded to that question and and also the question about the possibility that he won't come back from the moon trip that was like similarly like an amazing yeah that scene with with uh claire foy playing his wife where she's she's saying like hey like do you want to go over there and tell your kids the truth that you might not come back from this like hello (laughs) this is kind of a massive deal here it was so it's just like i love the way that they they focused on that like they focused more on his his devastation and how grief how we all deal with grief and it was just it was just beautiful you it's know it's also super good that we're doing this episode with the creed 2 episode because i feel like they both had similar themes of like fathers the fathers like kind of abandoning their family for work and the dynamics and the troubles that that causes in a family by like kind of going out mm-hmm. and like being like well i have to do this i have to go to the moon like the whole country is depending on me like what else am i supposed to do and claire foy's character kind of being like well you're a bad father <laughs> it's yeah i mean that moment when he drops the well, this is a spoiler. Okay, we'll say spoilers, spoilers, <laughs> spoilers, spoilers for first man. When he drops the the bracelet on the moon. Oh my god! Oh, Make my so heart beautiful. strings. Is there a puppy? Uh, oh, hey, there's Jackson. a kitty. There's a kitty. For all who don't know, Jackson is my uh my roommate cat. 
Hi, um, are you? He Heather's... also lives in the wing. This are is you the Heather's cat, cat wing of the house. Uh, I walked into my room one day and I saw something in between my sheets. And I was <laughs> like, what is that? And I went to pick it up. Turned out it was Jackson's poop. He was asserting his dominance and saying, this is my bed. This is my wing. Watch (laughs) where you step. And you know what? I've respected Jackson ever since. He's the king. And I just bow down to him every day. Wise. He's super smart. He could open up doors and he could also close doors. Well, his mom is Heather. So, I mean. Yeah. He's honestly from a very prestigious family. Oh, totally. Just him and Heather are wonders. Okay, bye, Jackson. <laughs> that was the Jackson advertisement. <laughs> if you guys want Jackson, he's a uh, very cool black cat. <laughs> so this film had some controversy because they did not show the planting of the American flag on the moon. Did you hear about that? Yeah, fuck that controversy. <laughs> that was so stupid. This I agree film with you. had nothing to do. Like they also they talked about the importance of America so many times. They did, yeah. And like you're just a moron if you thought that they needed the American flag scene in there because like it was literally like the weight of America on him the whole film. Mm-hmm. Like they were basically like, "Well, you have to go to the the moon." And like NASA being like, "Well, America is kind of fucked right now. Like we need something good for our morale. Like mm-hmm. you're going to the moon whether you like it or not." <laughs> yeah, and at, at that time, uh John F Kennedy really inspired a lot of that i mean he was very much like we have to do this before russia like we are america we are the best like we are going to go to the moon first he was so in in involved and uh so passionate about the space program and i think like imagine having that pressure on you on top of all the grief that you're dealing with and even right even right now when like trump's administration was going to shit like that's when he unveiled the space force it was like when shit started to hit the fan in the administration. They're like, mm, what should we do? Let's distract them with space. Yeah, it's like that is something magical that like if you do it, people are like, wow, that's just amazing. Like we could do that. Wow, our country could do anything. I was very cool with the not planting the American flag. Me too, like, because that's not what it was about. The movie yeah. was about, as I'm saying, this is about a father suffering. It just so happens that he's Neil Armstrong and he ended up walking on the moon. That's This is what Giselle decided to focus on, and I love that. I do think that, so there's a shot. I mean, obviously the cinematography is beyond genius and I don't even know how to talk about it, but... There's a shot when they're flying away from the moon after yeah. and and they look back at the moon and I also think none of that was green screened. It was all just like around Ryan Gosling in LEDs so that he could actually I'm, act to it. So that's amazing. Uh, but what I was going to say is I so when they look back at the moon, it would have been cool if the flag was there, but it was kind of just there and kind of like an afterthought. I don't think they needed to show a whole. And here's the planting of the flag. We are Americans. Hear us roar. But I think it, it just it would have been nice to see it there. But I don't think it was like so necessary. I think it was Damien Chazelle being like, I'm an art house director. I'm going to make art films. I don't really care. Mm-hmm. Like, I, he's already asserted himself as, like, a very technically sound director. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that allows him to do whatever art film he wants to make So did with you a big budget. That, so that scene on the moon is one of my favorite scenes ever, probably, but especially of this year. And I just love the simplicity of it. I love the time that they took. Like, they really let him just stand there. And you're thinking, holy shit, he's on the moon. But, like, he's just standing on a on a 
surface like you know what I mean it must feel weird because it's like the moon but then when you're there you're just you're standing on a surface and it, it's like it it, it kind of shows like again what, what you were saying with like yeah like they they we just could they we just kind of put the ship together and like hope it works out it, it's one of those things where it's like it it seems like it's going to be such a big deal and everything's going to be so huge but then you get there and it's like oh I'm just walking on this surface and it happens to be the moon we also haven't really used the moon for anything so like for all intensive purposes like the moon hasn't done shit for us like it was basically just like training wheels to go to mars or something or like find aliens <laughs> it sure is it sure is beautiful to look at though and uh, like i said i just love the time they took with that like yeah, you're, you that really said, feel it, illusion it's just a projection into the sky there is no actual moon well <laughs> And the moon landing was faked by Kubrick. <clears throat> I actually, I, I, I heard that uh, as far as those conspiracy theories go, that because of the technology in the 60s, it actually would have been harder for them to fake the moon landing than it would have been for them to go to the moon. I love that. Yeah. Very funny. But yeah, I, I just, that scene is, is magic. It's pre pure movie magic. And I'm, I mean, it's leaving theater, left theaters now. Uh, when I saw it a few weeks ago, it was literally the only theater in the only, like it was playing at the quad in New York City, which is an awesome, awesome theater. The screens aren't that big, unfortunately. That's the only thing I don't love about it. But it's such a cool theater. They I divide them in fours. <laughs> <laughs> He's a comedian, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> if you want to ever see that, uh, come out to a Rhino open mic. Yeah. Maybe I'll stop being depressed and go to more comedy. <laughs> oh, man. Well, there's mac and cheese there, so that helps with yeah, depression. Sometimes there's mac and cheese. Mm -hmm. My formerly 30 pounds heavier self can attest to mac and cheese helping out <laughs> depression. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll get to my issues later. I also think the moon... I would have been satisfied with it ending just with them landing on the moon because I felt like that was satisfying. Yeah, agreed. But they decided to do the quarantine scene, which I felt like was the perfect episode. That that was... Because, uh, like, how could you really go back into life after going to the moon? I know, right? And also there That's was crazy. always this, like, quarantine between him and his wife. Like, they were never really close, especially, like, after the death of their daughter. Like you could How tell do you that get through that? Tension. Those scenes were so visceral too, where she was sick and coughing, and he was there with her and trying to help her and trying to take care of her. Oh my God, they were really well done and really heartbreaking. Oh, just Ernest Ryan Gosling, just having bad things oh. happen to him. He's there's so nothing, good. There's nothing that tears your heart apart more. He's, <laughs> yeah, I think this this movie it hasn't done as well as they thought. It was supposed to be, I think, a huge Oscar sweep kind of movie, and. I I really think it deserves nominations. I think it deserves more praise. And I think especially, I would say, the cinematography and Ryan's performance. And also the score by Justin Hurwitz. Score. I don't think his I think his performance is going to get overlooked, unfortunately. Yeah, I think so too. Like by some cheesy-ass actor who isn't even doing their best work. Probably. Um, but Ryan Gosling is always doing his best work, even in Gangster Squad when he smokes a cigarette in the middle of his mouth. <laughs> See, that one I didn't even watch. I, I knew I couldn't sit through that. <laughs> it was just so stylized. Yeah. Like, I'll watch any stylized Ryan Gosling film because he's just sexy. Like, you want to you wanna watch him on camera? He's just so natural, too. Like, he he's, was born to be a movie star, you know? Yeah. Also, when he's on SNL, he's amazing. Oh, yeah. He's so funny. He has great comedic timing. Oh, you know what? Did you actually know that, that those moon scenes, do you know where they were shot? Where? In some, like, rock quarry... In Atlanta. Oh, that's so sick. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, fuck Atlanta. New Orleans is the Hollywood South. 
I mean, that would be that would be really cool. I heard that it's it's getting more traction now. No, no, no. Atlanta is definitely taking over New Orleans, and it makes me sad. Well, I know, but I feel like it's New Orleans is still is still on the up and up. Like it's it's still getting a little bit more than it was before. They like cut the tax credits, and then everybody went to Atlanta, and now they brought the tax credits back. But I don't think people are coming back from Atlanta. I mean, Atlanta's like, there's always something going on. It's so popping now. Like, it's probably always been popping, but, like, on mainstream, like, culture and movies and TV, like, everybody's doing things in Atlanta. Yeah. I honestly, like, I would be down to do an episode where we talk about the second season of Atlanta. And the first season. Let's just go all in. Yeah. I feel like you you guys should, uh, like, DM us on the Instagram and stuff like that or send us an email at moviecinemafilm.com podcast at gmail.com about uh all of these things we're talking about like what do you guys want to hear because we're uh we're bound to you guys <laughs> we're just we're just artists trying to trying to talk about films for you or television if it's cinematic totally because we it kind of t- blurs the line now jackson why are you in my closet are you gonna poop in my closet Film, jackson. yo jackson if you poop in my closet that i'm gonna be cool. still love you forever <laughs> that's the sad thing <laughs> i don't have any other option but to be your best friend um i think you were going to talk about the score justin herwitz i loved it i don't know what else to say about it I, th- I thought it really brought a lot to the film yeah um that will probably get a nomination i hope it gets some effects nominations that would be cool oh, it needs to they shot that in a damn quarry and look at it it looks like the fucking moon claire foy got nominated for a golden globe also right good for her i really like i i liked uh I like their relationship. I I like the part when she says that she married him because she wanted a normal life. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Well, imagine being married to someone who goes to the moon for the first time. Like, how how nervous? I mean, she didn't sleep, I I assume. (laughs) Yeah, well, it was just like she had to love him like the icon, but he was a shitty, like, like, obviously we talked about his daughter and that obviously made it complex like what was going on with his family but like mm-hmm. he was kind of a shitty dad also like he was like he it just was just like unavailable the one bad thing about this film was like the seven different you want to come out and play oh <laughs> that happened so many times like there were so many scenes that were just his kids saying you want to play those kids <laughs> yeah which like i guess the message was you know sent. what is weird about La La Land and one thing that they all have in common La Land Whiplash and this is that there's this message in all of them that if you want to be professionally successful you can't also be a great lover and friend and and family member and I don't think that's true I don't like that message well that's just like a very I feel like it's a very millennial message right now that like people are learning like people are starting families later like Damien Giselle is 33 like I don't think he's like he might be married i don't really know but like he definitely hasn't started a family or like considered those aspects of it mm-hmm. and like i think especially in the film industry uh as i'm coming to find out like you're literally just married to the projects that you're on like people expect you to always be on call for things like that mm-hmm. so that must be something that's present in his life and like a dynamic that affects him on a regular basis yeah he literally is just like if you've been in that world for a while and you're like a writer director, like all he does probably is like go to coffee shops or be on set. <laughs> like the, that's the only life he lives now. <laughs> yeah. I think that's why like I, I'm with a fellow artist because I, I don't know how I feel like other people would have to be so understanding to get it. Whereas if you're also an artist, you just naturally get it. 
Yeah, no, honestly, like, I live in a house of artists now, and it's just the most beautiful thing ever. Because, I love this house. <laughs> like, if you, if, you don't, if you don't do art, I don't know. Sometimes you just don't get it. And, like, that's cool. Like, people have different values in life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very cool that people have different values in life. I enjoy talking to people who value art and want to talk about art. I want to talk about crazy stuff that's going on in the world and weird things that have happened to them. Right. So, Damien Giselle, come on the podcast because we have a house of artists here. We have cats and dogs. Damien Giselle, if you come on the podcast, um, I'm just going to pitch you a bunch of my short film ideas because you're still pretty young. So it's just like, I feel like we're basically colleagues, you know? (laughs) We're less than 10 years apart. Right. We're basically contemporaries. That makes you brothers, yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, do you you have anything else to say about First Man or should we wrap this baby up? We could just wrap the dang podcast up. All right, guys. This is such a fun, succinct episode. Stay tuned. I'm not sure what we're going to do next, but it's going to be great because this is the best time of year to see movies. Uh, Films that we definitely are going to see. Roma. Yeah. Beale Street could talk. Totally. Um, I'm seeing Vice on Christmas Day. Cool. So if maybe you I'll see do the Vice. same. It's it, yeah. It's actually pretty likely that I'll go to the movies on Christmas Day. Oh, cool. I I just want to see everything, man. If you guys want to see me, I'll be at uh, the gallery in Middletown probably. Um, seeing <laughs> Vice like I always do on Christmas Day night. Oh, I so always you go always go to the movie. movies? Yeah. Cool. I actually want to see with my friend Lenar and my friend Eric. Um, although I don't know if Eric will be around this year. That's on that cool. Day. But yeah, we've seen, we saw Django. I think that might have been the first one. We saw All the Money in the World last year. We saw Fun. Chris Rock's movie, Top 5 one year. Um, I'm trying to think what else we saw. We saw... Um, it's been like a four or five year tradition. Yeah. Cool. It's always been good. Um, I enjoy seeing movies. I really want to see Especially. Shoplifters. Yes. Um, is Burning and Shoplifters playing anywhere? Like uh, Jacob Burns or anything? I know Shoplifters is playing at the IFC Center. Fuck, I don't want to go to the city. Maybe I'll go to the city this week. Do it. Do it. Damn. Do it, do it, do it. I'm going to end up getting a freaking movie pass again and then but you're still independent n- films. <laughs> but they're not going to be available. They're just going to be like, you can see Wreck-It Ralph 2, <laughs> which I still haven't seen and want to see because I really like the first one. John C. Riley had a wild year this year. Yo, he rocks. He had the Laurel and Hardy film that's not even available to see anywhere. He's doing Holmes and Watson. Wreck-It Ralph came out this year. What about the one he did with Joaquin Phoenix? And the, he also was in... The Brothers, Wa- Sisters or something? Or the Sisters the Brothers. The Sisters Brothers. <laughs> um, yeah, I gotta see that one. Yeah, John C. Riley killing it. He probably grossed like a ridiculous <laughs> amount of money for John C. Riley to gross. Yeah, he, he's so great. And he's been he's one of those people that's been hanging around for so long doing all these movies. I mean, he's such a hard worker. Have you seen Dr. Steve Brule? Any of those videos? No, what's that? Oh my gosh, it's his adult swim show oh. where he does like these character this character. Um I think we're going to end the podcast there. <laughs> Everybody go watch Dr. Steve Brule cuz I want to show Leah some Dr. Steve Brule highlights. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. This has been a Rhino Comedy Production. Find us on Instagram at rhinos underscore r underscore funny rhinocomedy.com 
Rhino Comedy on Facebook and live comedy every Friday and Saturday night at 96 Lafayette Ave in Suffern, New York.